Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yeah, and that's that's a part of, of playing the quarterback position. And the one thing I do know is Justin is mentally tough. Um, to be able to quiet the noise and to continue to um, improve week to week. Um, in terms of the evaluation, uh, we want to see him continue to grow. I, I talked about that in training camp and, and really all the way back to off season. And he's done that, and he keeps getting better every week. Uh, now that we're in the regular season, things change, things speed up. Uh, it's a new offense, uh, new coordinator, and you know it's a new year too. So I'm excited to see him come back and respond um, to the Green Bay game and, and, and do some really good things against Houston. It's the pregame show on the score, and that is the voice of Ryan Poles, Bears general manager. He was on the the uh, uh, the pregame with WBBM, our sister station, and uh, talking about the quarterback, as we have mentioned, it is a referendum every week with the quarterback, everybody hanging not just on performance but on everything he says. And he got himself in trouble uh, somehow in the postgame when he was asked about uh, – how we felt about a rivalry game against the Packers, the one that kind of hurts the fans. And he said it hurts more in the locker room than to Bear fans because at the end of the day, they're not putting in any work. And that just went crazy. And everybody, he talked, he, he, what he meant was the work being done by the guys in the locker room, but it was taken the wrong way. And then he ended up, uh, I don't, I wouldn't call it an apology, but, I, I suppose you'd say a clarification yeah. of what he meant. And and frankly, um, it, it was more personality from him than we have seen. And he, he let the mask down a little bit. He's a very difficult interview for, for the media post game, which everyone is, frankly, if you lose. But uh, <laughs> but the fact of the matter is he, he showed maybe some of that charisma that his teammates em- embrace. And he had a nice little moment for himself earlier in the week. And he also said he wanted to be less of a robot and he wanted to open up more. And it's all coming with the, with the territory. You forget sometimes how young he is. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And that's good to hear. And you don't want him to be a robot. You want somebody to be natural. You want them to be themselves. And what I also like is he, he's getting up earlier. He mentioned he's waking up yes. earlier and putting in more work. But I, I actually want to talk about that a little bit. Why aren't you getting up earlier anyway? Why aren't you putting in the extra work anyway? Like, I don't, I'm, I guess I'm glad he admitted it, but shouldn't you be putting in the extra work? Shouldn't you be the first one in, last one to leave as a quarterback? And I hopefully 
you know, now he's learning that. But uh, well, where's the threshold though? Like, if he's getting up at six fifteen, right? Okay. Get up at five forty-five. You know, like he wasn't sleeping in. <laughs> no, you know, that's right. That's, I can give him a call at three thirty. <laughs> that's if he right. Wants to get no. up earlier. Yep, that's right. <laughs> no, but I, I do think it'd be good if he's not a robot. And he does th- uh, show a little bit more personality. It'd be fun for us as fans and fu- fun for us in the in the media as well. But um, it, maybe he's been too guarded. Maybe that's holding him back a little bit. Maybe now he can just be himself and be free. I think so much of this is is about the, everything that's on. Like like Patrick and, and Grody were talking about a moment ago with this being th- – this is the biggest position. This is the most important job in Chicago sports is being the Bears quarterback. And we were just coming off the heels of watching a, a young guy or, who was drafted in the first round as a rookie and the, the four years of Mitchell Trubisky. And, you know, I said it as soon as the Bears drafted Justin Fields that he's just – he's a more – a more formidable individual. He, he's got more agency already right now, just in, in kind of command of himself and comfort on the stage that's kind of, you know, that he's on right now as the Bears QB than Mitch ever had in the four years he was here. That being said, he is still a second-year football player who was only in college for three seasons and, and just figuring out how to navigate that. And also with everything that goes with that, with now the second regime in a young career and and trying to compartmentalize, how do I focus on the task at hand, the most important task of becoming a great QB for the Chicago Bears while also navigating what, what comes with media, what comes with other, you know, marketing opportunities that might be there, what comes with actually just enjoying my personal life and, you know, buying a home in the city and and whatever else, man, just like being a well-rounded human while also saying, like, I've got to pour so much of myself just day in, day out into as quickly as I can figuring out this offense, ingratiating myself with my teammates, ingratiating myself with my fans, preparing for the game each individual weekend that's there and, it's, it's what all the great ones kind of figure out. How do you navigate that? But we're watching the early stages of him figuring that out. And so coming off the field and being disappointed at Lambeau, you get that. Yeah, I mean, could he have phrased it more delicately without saying the fans don't put in work? Sure. And that's essentially what he said when he clarified it during the week. That's not exactly how I could have or should have phrased it. But unsurprisingly, there, there was an overreaction to it as though he had insulted right. everyone when that wasn't his intention at all. No, that wasn't his intention. It, and, you know, Tom Brady, I think he talked for a minute and 16 seconds after uh, their last game, and, and he ended up apologizing. He doesn't even shake hands he, after they lose a game. But, he just marches he, off the field like a baby. He is He's going through marital issues, apparently, and he, it, and he doesn't like the coverage of it, so he's – kind of treating all the football writers like they're writing about his marriage. And and listen, he's 45 years old. Justin Fields is 23 years old. And he apparently went out last Friday. He was spotted out late at night or early in the morning, whatever. And so people want to comment on it. They want to parse every word he says. He just needs to play better. And, and to play better, you know, you called him too guarded, Pat, mm-hmm. on occasion. He is also unprotected on occasion. Very true. <laughs> like, uh, I mean – He's taking 3.2 seconds on average to release the football, which is, you know, Tom does it under three minutes or three seconds, under three minutes for sure, under three seconds. And he is kind of, he knows where he's going with the ball. Now he's seen everything, done everything. He's played for as long as Justin Fields has been alive. So I think it's hard to, to kind of qualify where he fits in at his age, but 
The responsibility of that position is there. We talked about him not getting enough protection and not having enough weaponry, but um, but he's got to be more accurate and he's got to get rid of the ball. No, he does, and you know everybody has to play better. You mentioned the O line as well. I thought Larry Borm last week took a step back. Hopefully, he can take a step forward. We've talked about these young guys. We want to see them progress as the season goes along. But yeah, he's having trouble. I think with with trusting his protection, and he's having trouble pulling the trigger. So it's it's a combination of everything and. You want to just see him grow and get better, but the one thing I want to see him do first is recognize what's in front of him, understand what the defense is, where to go with the ball, and I'm seeing those issues as well. So like you said, Molly, it's a combination of everything, and let's just hopefully this growth can come faster. I just want to see it come faster. The word trust, the question about trust, and if the Bears trust Justin Fields to to lead the offense, do they trust Justin Fields to throw the football? It's, it's a really relative question. You know, because it's 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 not only about trusting Justin Fields. It's about do the Bears trust their passing attack to operate with volume? They don't right now. And they shouldn't right now. Right, you know, right. regardless of who the Bears quarterback would be, it wouldn't garner the same degree of trust behind a young and growing offensive line and behind what's viewed as limited talent on the outside at wide receiver. So, you know, the, through the Justin Fields lens, do they – do they trust him to call more than 11 pass attempts? Yes. With, in the whatever it was, 19, 20, they, they called nearly half the plays as pass plays. So right now the Bears trust the passing attack enough to operate with balance. And with a defensive-minded head coach and a young offensive line and limited talent at receiver, balance going almost 50-50, that's a, a, a really representative amount of trust. Now also you down multiple scores in the game, so that, that skews – the balance of the play calling a little more towards the past than probably what they would like to be on the road in a hostile Lambeau Field environment. But trust is such a relative term because they they definitely trust Justin Fields more than allowing him to, like, it's not like they only called 11 pass plays. And if they had the lead in a game, if they had better field position through the first two games, then I believe they would call even more pass plays than they have. But it's all this, this big Rubik's Cube that has to be put together to sort of figure out whether or not Luke Getze is calling the right amount of players. Are they calling it in a way that will develop Justin Fields beyond where he's at as a passer? But each individual game takes on its own life. And all the newness that's there that I'm going to continue reminding folks of throughout the season, new GM, new head coach, first-time offensive play caller as well. So I think there's several plays that we've already kind of addressed from the game where Luke Getze, and, and it's worthy of kind of questioning or examining how, when, and why he called certain plays. But on the whole, I don't necessarily view it as, as though the Bears aren't showing a, a representative amount of trust in Justin Fields as a passer. It's this entire passing offense that's in a developmental phase right now. So I don't think we yeah. – it, it's it, not fair to expect that they're going to pass it, you know, two-thirds well, of the time. A, it's right. impossible to call pass plays if you don't get first downs, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, look at how, how that game went. And, Pat, I'm sorry to bring it up again, <laughs> but they went without a first down from the opening drive until, what was it, the second drive of yeah. the second half. Yes. I mean, yeah. you're, you're not going to get a lot of pass opportunities if you don't get a lot of plays, and that's been their problem. You can talk all day about – the balance of the pass and the throw, and we had this happen and that happen. But, I mean, Preston Smith himself kind of blew up that game with a couple of sacks, five quarterback pressures, tackle for loss. He had – he was relatively unblocked, and he was picking wherever he wanted to come over. Yeah, I'm just over here laughing too because 
the past few years with the other regime, we were saying run the ball more, right? <laughs> run the ball more. Now we're like, we got to throw the ball more. Exactly. <laughs> so it's just, we're never going to be happy. But I do, you know, like you said, they only had 41 plays last week. Yeah. So you're not going to have that many opportunities to pass the ball. But I would like to see him throw the ball more. But today is a game, I think the Houston Texans give up 163 yards on the ground. So like John McClain said, and we had him on earlier, that this might be the fastest game this weekend in the NFL because this might be another game like you're talking about too, Anthony, that it's a game plan to run the ball against Lovey's defense. But I, I, I do believe we'll see a, a bigger volume of pass plays from Justin Fields today. Like the, I think what what'd you mentioned, BetQL had it at, Molly, like 25 and a half 25, or whatever. 25, 5.5, yep. I, I think it's probably going to be at least a push, probably the over for that because the Bears are just going to run more plays on offense today, and they're going to be at home. You know, the, the discipline that we talked about coming out of game number one in that monsoon and the limited penalties – we saw what now a young and inexperienced roster, what that looked like on the road in a hostile environment in Green Bay. More drives where they started first and 15 because they have like a false start on first down and now they're putting themselves behind the chains. All those things come up more frequently. Oh, you're snapping the ball before the quarterback is ready for it because you can't hear things. All that comes up more on the road. So there's a lot that should suit the Bears to have more rhythm, to the offense and just more volume of plays today as they're picking up more first down. So I'd, I'd be shocked if, if we don't see 25 passes or more from Justin Fields. And if they run 70 plays, the percentage of pass plays called may be even lower than it was, you know, in the game they played last week on the field at Lambeau. And, and I mean, as crazy as it may sound, do you not have to protect your defense a little bit by running the ball? I mean, great point. I know that that's not a great offense, but you're, you're now – uh, compromised in your secondary, um, not that they weren't last week, but but now you're really compromised without Jalen Johnson there. So maybe that's part of what their game plan will be too. Yeah, and you know they're they're, they're coaching and playing to win this game, obviously, yep. and I think their game plan is going to be to run the ball more. So that it might limit the passing, and it it'll help the defense as well. That'll keep that defense off the field. So um, it'll be interesting to see what Getsy dials up this week with. With that week uh, of against that other team <laughs> last last week to see what he does, I think it's it's one thing to for you know Justin Fields has said the right things about Darnell Mooney getting the ball. Darnell Mooney has addressed it correctly yep. publicly as well. Yep. I think as much as anything, what what do they force feed? I I completely believe Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze when they say they don't have an issue with how many pass plays have gotten called, and frankly, I don't either. Mm-hmm. They have to figure out how to get the football to Darnell Mooney with more frequency. Cole Komet, I mean, that to me is just more about, all right, are, you know, are you going to prove or disprove whether or not Cole Komet can be a great tight end? So if you're going to force the ball to him, sure, whatever. But I don't think Cole Komet has necessarily earned the right in his career to expect that he's going to have like a ratio of touches. But Darnell Mooney is proven as your most effective offensive weapon. He's barely gotten the rock through two games. They got to get him involved. They have to figure out how to get the football to him more. That's what I believe just in – however many plays they run. If they run 30 snaps offense today or 80 snaps offense today, Darnell Mooney has to come away from the game today feeling like he's a big part of what the Bears had game planned and what they actually called and executed today. 
Why does it bother me that they keep uh, moving Tevin Jenkins and Lucas Patrick? In a- <laughs> I was going to ask you that. <laughs> I, I, I think because I was always told that, you know, an offensive line has to operate as a team within a team with great rhythm. I think Gruden uses the everybody. It's like a chorus line. You all have to kick the same way. And if somebody's – I just – I'm just not used to seeing – you know, that that's not a position where you do a lot of that um, – of you know, it's not the defensive line. You're not moving guys in and out and taking advantage of. You're, it's more about being. And I, you know, the other thing is like if I'm Sam Mustafer, I know I'm being replaced at any minute, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's game by game here. I don't think he suddenly starts moving into a rotation if they move Lucas Patrick to center. And I get it. They gave Lucas Patrick two years, $8 million. They named him a captain for no reason. I mean, I I get it. I understand they love the guy. I just don't know that I like it. I, I think Tevin Jenkins has earned the starting job. From what I've seen the first two weeks, I think he's earned the starting job. There was a play last week against that other team. He took Dean Lowry and drove yes. him to the end of the sidelines. It looked like yes. a high school block. But yes. he's been very powerful in the run game. I've been very happy with him in the run game. Yes, his pass protection is a little suspect, but I think overall, his overall play, he has earned that spot. And we talked at the beginning of the year, this rotation, I was okay with it, but I think now he's the clear starter, and he deserves that spot and should play the entire game. In my opinion, as soon as Lucas Patrick shows that his hand is healthy enough to be the center of the Chicago Bears with no concern for that snap hand, he's going to be the center for the Chicago Bears with no concern for that snap hand. Until that's the case, this is the best they can do just to get him game ready to utilize him as an as, as sort of an insulation. And I, I agree, Patrick. I think Tevin Jenkins played really well mm-hmm. through two games for a guy who hadn't really played guard, right. certainly hadn't played right. it in the NFL before a few weeks ago. So Tevin Jenkins continues to instill instill more confidence, or at least his performance should be instilling more and more confidence in the Bears brass that he has earned the right guard job. I think there's been a lot of kind of hand-wringing and consternation about if he's getting traded and this and that. I haven't understood it the entire time because I don't think they've been handling it as though they're hoping to trade Tevin Jenkins before now. So as far as I can tell, from what I'm seeing with my eyes at least, with no information from Hallis Hall, it looks to me like the guy, the Bears are trying to get Lucas Patrick prepared to be their full-time center once he's healthy. And Sam Mustafer, until his performance actually indicates that he should be the Bears' full-time center, then yeah, he should be looking over his shoulder. He was an undrafted free agent, yeah, and he yeah. hasn't performed yet at a level that has earned the right to just presume he's going to continue as the starting center. So their best five will include Lucas Patrick at center, Tevin Jenkins at right guard. Unfortunately, you need a healthy right hand to snap the football with your right hand. He doesn't have that yet, so they're just doing the best they can to have him ready when the time comes. And and you mentioned the best five. To me, there are larger issues at the tackle positions than on the interior of the line. When I'm just watching them based on the way I watch football, and I don't know. I don't know if Braxton Jones is the long-term answer at that position. I know I know they like him and they're going to leave him there and they're going to let him grow and he's a young guy and it's a big step for him. Larry Borm, you mentioned Patrick had a, a step backward last week. I I just don't know if as I watch their their best 5, I'm they're they're actually upgrading the right positions. <laughs> but that's your roster, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what you roster. have. So that's we're just roster. hoping for you know, we're hoping for some progress and that's it. I mean, that's that's the roster that's been put together right now and 
Ryan Poles has a lot of work to do in the future, but let's hope these young guys can can grow and, and become, you know, NFL players, just good NFL players, if not great NFL players. All right. We want to remind everyone that uh, there's a new Zing Zang Bloody Mary canned cocktail. It's got premium vodka already in the can. They're, they're always ready. Perfect for game day tailgates. Please Zing Zang responsibly. I'm not I, – I have some in the fridge, but uh, I didn't get a ton of it. It was kind of picked apart. I don't know if you guys got any. Uh, I hope you got some, Patrick, because you were in the uh, studio. I, I what would, time uh, of day, Mully? What time of day do you <laughs> normally start zing-zanging? What's yeah, zing-zang time? Not, not until I'm off the air, which is ah, okay. So, no, I never I never go for a pre-show. Zing-zang responsibly, like you said. Yes, exactly. I zing-zang responsibly. Excellent. <laughs> Yeah, it's 5 o'clock somewhere, Right there you go. <laughs> All right, we've got, we got a ton more for you. We're going to bring in our buddy Dan Pompey from The Athletic in a little bit. We're going to make our picks before we get out of here. There's so much to talk about. Plenty of good football conversation here on the pregame show on The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's a, it's a typical lovey team. They're going to play hard. They play good defense. Um, and they have some offensive weapons as well. So uh, we have to be ready. Um, like any week in the NFL, we got to be prepared be studied up and, and be ready to, to go four quarters. We're back with more of the Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook pregame show on Sports Radio 670 The Score with Molly, Patrick Manley, and Anthony Heron. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook app today. 
Oh, yeah, it's the pregame show, and Lovey Smith coming back to Chicago. Lovey, of course, put together an 81-63 record during his time as the Bears head coach, and we just heard from Ryan Poles, the Bears general manager, talking about a typical type of Lovey team. Um, Patrick, you played in all of those games, mm-hmm. I think. I, I don't know if you missed one, but uh, you obviously are the longest-serving uh, Bear in history. you played much of your career for Lovey Smith. Can you share with us what it means to you? Give us a story. What's your, yeah. what's your party piece on Lovey Smith? <laughs> I, he's just – I got a lot of respect for that man. He's just, he's a leader of men. Um, you know, he kind of changed my outlook on how coaches can coach. You know, when we grew up, you have coaches screaming at you and all that kind of stuff. And Lovey was not that at all, obviously. And people here in Chicago didn't like that. Sometimes he was too boring. But for us, what he did in that building is he was the same every day. So you knew what you were getting. You were getting the same message all the time. It was consistency from him that just made it easier to go into Hallis Hall and you knew what you were getting. And the way I kind of describe him as well, you know, like the heartbeat monitor that goes up and down, he's one that's just, it's flatline, right? But if it goes up just a little, that means he's super excited and you can feel that. And if he goes down just a little, he's, you know, angry at you or upset with what's going on with the team. And my story about that is we're playing the Green Bay Packers. It's a PAT and a guy pushes me over the pile late after the whistle's blown. I react. I kick him in the knee. So he jumps on me. We've got 22 guys, you know, fighting on each other, just piling it. I'm at the bottom of the pile. Mike Carey, the referee, comes over, leans in. He's 65. You're out of the game. I saw you kick him in the knee. And I'm like, oh, no. That's like 20 grand (laughs) or whatever it was to get kicked out of the game. And so I'm walking over to the sidelines kind of right next to Mike Carey. And and Mike Carey and Lovey are talking. And they're like, what happened? What's going on? He goes, 65's out of the game. He kicked the guy in the knee. He goes, that's our long snapper. Mike Carey kind of looks at him. He goes, really? He goes, all right, I'll just give him a personal foul. So one, I need to thank Lovey for that because that saved me a lot of money. But talking about the, the, the little the, the, the downtick of Lovey Smith, I'm standing about five yards behind him. He just turns and looks at me and just gives me a look, and that's all he had to do. I felt like I let my dad down as, as much as I could, you know, anything, doing the worst thing in the world. But that's the way he treated us as players, and that's the respect we had for him, that just that little look, he didn't have to call me in the office, never said another word. He knew that he could do that to us as players, and we would take it and, and just understand that, We've let him down. Don't ever do it again. But he was just uh, just a great, great guy. And I got one more story. This one's actually a funny story. This goes back to training camp, guys. You remember when you have O-line versus D-line, one-on-one pass blocking. Fans all, you know, you normally did it in the corner so all the fans right. could get over there and, and be near that stuff and maybe fights would happen or whatever. Well, Molly, I think you know that me and Olin and a couple guys, we like to uh, frequent TJs at night and sometimes we stay there a little late. <laughs> And uh, I don't know if Lovey knew that we were breaking curfew or not, but he might have. He never never said anything to us. But during a one-on-one pass blocking, Olin's got this guy locked up. And he's like, I was out till 12 o'clock last night, and I'm still kicking your ass. <laughs> and Lovey's standing over there, and Lovey goes, all right, big guy, let's not announce that to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but that just good southern twang, too, of just, all right, big guy, let's not announce that to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and only just turned. He's like, "Oh, I didn't mean to say that out loud. I want to get us in trouble for missing curfew." But no, Lovey's just—he was—he was great. He was just a lot of fun to play for, and uh, it was just sad that day pulling into Hallis Hall and knowing he was going to get fired after going ten and six. That was—that yeah. was difficult. Yeah, yeah, some things are better kept in house. Yes, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's interesting to think about kind of Lovey's legacy in this city, in in some ways how it's 
maybe even on par with his legacy nationally because he's he's so respected around the league at large. He was as a defensive coordinator beforehand and then certainly for the success he had as a head coach and then in leading the squad to a Super Bowl appearance against Tony Dungy. And so you had the the first two black head coaches and one of them's going to win and one of them's going right. to lose. And, and that national acclaim that just came from, from that achievement for him as a head coach, but then just through the Chicago sports lens, where obviously the 85 Bears became this, this you know, s- sort of international supernova in the way that they did, and Mike, Mike Ditka leading that. But that was, kinda, that was a previous generation of Bears fandom. And then 20 years later, you guys do what you do under Lovey, and so now for for a different generation of Bears fan that's very familiar with '85 and knows about it, loves the Super Bowl shuffle and everything else, you guys under Lovey had this this very different and, and far more recent, of course, feel to it that has at least given the city something else to grab hold to, something more recent from a Bears perspective to say that you know Bears excellence didn't stop you know in 1985, it didn't end back then. There's at least this more recent. Um, sort of example that Lovey Smith was able to lead where the Bears as a franchise had this extended run of quality football, of a Super Bowl appearance. And so for him and being the face of that and still being active in the National Football League and coming back here to the city, it's, I'm, it, I really find that intriguing just from a legacy perspective with Lovey Smith and the, the lane that he occupies here in, in Chicago sportdom. Another quick thing about Lovey, while you were talking there, Anthony, I was thinking about it. And Mully, you brought up earlier about Eddie Jackson having off-field issues and things like that. Lovey Smith was unbelievable at dealing with us as players if we had off-field issues. He would, you know, call you to his office, and I'm not going to get into specifics on guys, but I know teammates and friends that were going through personal issues and different things. And he was like a father figure. He really helped them get through that and become better people and learn from maybe their mistakes or whatever's going on personally. And Lovey just I just have a lot of respect for that man, obviously. And, you know, not only do I think he's a great football coach, but he was a great mentor and a great person to all of us. It, it's fascinating you talking to John McClain uh, earlier in the program because Lovey, you know, when he left the Bears, he wound up at Tampa and he did not, they, they had no talent on that team. He went 8 yeah. and 24, I believe the special team was, it, no, it was Dirk Cutter. It was the mm-hmm. offensive coordinator, kind of undercut him. Then he ends up at the U of I, and and that's a you know that was four years. I think he went seventeen and thirty nine. It was difficult. He he still wanted to coach. He's in Houston, and that whole thing happens where they fire David Cully. I I'm not even sure why they hired David Cully. Frankly, I because it was a grease fire. <laughs> yeah, because it, it was exactly. awful. It was this yeah, terrible it was. situation. It, it was yeah. a terrible situation, and they didn't give him any leeway. And they were gonna they were gonna hire. Uh, Josh McCown, who is a great guy. I, I have met him and spoken to him plenty of times, and he made me a better human just talking to him. That's a joke because <laughs> Cutler said he made him a better human. If he could do it for him, surely he could help me. But they, um, you know, that would have been a, that would have been even more of a grease fire after the the uh, Brian Flores lawsuit. So Lovey is there, and you know there's a dignity to Lovey. Yes, and um, and you bring him in, and that gives you a certain. I, I it, it just gives you a certain credibility that they lacked. Frankly, with all the people in the front office, maybe you know Bob McNair was a great guy when he bought that team, an old uh, um, horse racing guy, trainer, not trainer, owner, great guy. I don't know about his son. That became like an absolute train wreck. 
you felt like the whole Deshaun Watson thing for a long time, they were sabotaging him until all the stories came out and, and they were apparently helping him in some of that stuff. I mean, it, it's just a bad situation, but a guy like Lovey gives credibility to it. Yeah, I think he can stabilize it too. You know, that I mean, yeah. he's just he's a guy that's been through it before. He's got a lot of, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's been coaching the NFL for a long time. I just think he stabilizes that situation for him. All right, we've got to get to a break. we got our friend Dan Pompey jumping on. We'll get a chance to talk to him about all things Bears. Um, you know, he's, he's made some great points. His, uh, his uh, postgame uh, comments are always worth reading on The Athletic, and we'll talk to Dan next. It is the pregame show on the score. We're back with more of the Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook pregame show on Sports Radio 670 The Score with Molly, Patrick Manley, and Anthony Heron. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook app today. Oh, yes, indeed. It's the pregame show. We are delighted to welcome in the great man himself, Dan Pompey's name is writ in the Hall of Fame, and he joins us on the score hotline presented by Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Dan, how are you? I'm great, fellas. I'm out here at Soldier Field, and it's, uh, it's funny to see Lovey Smith out here, you know, uh, um, in a different uniform, with a different team coming out of a different tunnel. Um, but you know, uh, it's uh, it's been a, it's been a while, and it's funny that, that since Lovey left the, the Bears, he obviously has struggled, you know, in, in his time with the Buccaneers, and then with University of Illinois, and now a little bit with the Texans, and the. Okay, we lost Dan. I thought I, I thought you lost me. <laughs> I, I was uh, checking my own cords. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, we'll try to get Dan reconnected. Uh, you know what's interesting, guys, is the Green Bay Packers are at Tampa. I know we're not supposed to talk about them, but that is a boogeyman team for the mm. uh, the uh, the he whose name shall not be mentioned, and uh, <laughs> they are the Bucks. Even without receivers, are favored by a point. Things go right today. Bears could be right back ahead of uh, that uh, the unmentionables. That would be nice. And actually, get this. My wife and daughter are actually going to the game down there today. Oh, wow. Are you we, kidding? Yeah, Fantastic. we live down in Sarasota, and, I, and uh, so they're going to the game. She wants to go root against the Packers. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I've raised her right. That is beautiful. That and they're, they're, they're actually beautiful. wearing Bears gear, which is even better. <laughs> oh, that's Fantastic. I hope they uh, I hope they keep it clean and not. Yeah, I think there's a tendency to fall into Jimmy Garoppolo whenever you think about the True. The, the Packers. You want to cuss them out. Yep. Um, uh, hilarious. So so uh, we'll we'll try to reconnect with Dan. But uh, just as we look at the importance of this game, you know, we mentioned it a couple times. The Bears may not be favored in another game this year. Uh-huh. They are favored. By three points or two and a half, depending on how you how you want to look at it. And we do have Dan back. Hey, Dan. Hello, guys. Sorry about that. Sorry. Well, I, I think uh, the football gods don't want us to talk. They're afraid that, uh, <laughs> that you'll have to, your information's too good. Who who do you like in this game? Let's just get right to it. What do you think's going to happen? Get right to it. Well, you know, I I think it's it's an interesting game because they're two pretty evenly matched teams. You know, I think they're both teams that want to try to beat you the same way. I think one of the uh, stark differences is 
Uh, you know, the, the Texans have a young quarterback who is a pocket passer, and he's got to beat you from the pocket, and he can't escape pressure very well. Uh, he's kind of a throwback. You know, you don't see many guys like that anymore. Um, probably one of the reasons he slipped a little bit in the draft. And then the Bears have this young passer who obviously uh, really hasn't done much to beat teams with his arm at all and is mostly been a guy who's beaten teams with his feet. Um, so that's that's a contrast, and it'll be interesting to see it, how that plays into who wins this game. But, you know, I'm going with the Bears. Um, do I feel great about it? No, I don't. I think I think it's, like I said, it, these are two teams that are pretty close, and I think it's probably going to come down to the two yeah, and I just got a quick question about Justin Fields. What's your level of concern about him after last week? Well, you know, it, it is early. I'm trying to refrain from judging him too harshly, as I think there's a temptation to do. Um, you know, we've got a very small sample size in terms of judging him and seeing, uh, you know, what he's capable of in the future. And there are still mitigating factors in his performances that were last year. Um, you know, a number of things that, that I think have impacted him negatively that are beyond his control. All that being said, you know, he has not done much with the opportunities that he's had. So am I a little concerned? Yeah, I am. You know, I think you'd like to see more out of a young quarterback. I think usually things right away in terms of, you know, their their aptitude, their instinct in the pocket, their Ability to, you know, even deliver the football on time. Um, you know, I, I remember when Jim McMahon was a young quarterback. He saw that stuff instantly, even though he had struggles when he was a young, young player. So you'd like to see more of that from Justin Fields, and, you know, maybe he starts showing it today. Dan, you were starting to talk to uh, talk about Lovey Smith a, a bit earlier when we initially lost. I'd love to just get your – what is your anticipation for – the receptions, you know, we, we don't talk about it as much for an opposing coach because it doesn't come up as frequently. But how do you think just the, the image of Lovey Smith on an opposing sideline or if he shows up on the jumbo trying out there today, how do you think that he will be received at Soldier Field? You know, I, I would think they cheer him and, and, you know, give him a nice reception. But that's an interesting question because, you know, I, I think there was probably some Lovey fatigue when he left here with the fans. You know, a lot of them were probably – happy to see him go. But now that he's gone, they probably realized they had a pretty good with him. And, uh, you know, that was, that was a pretty good deal the years he was here. Obviously, they've struggled significantly since he's left. You know, they've gone, I don't know how much you guys heard me say when I was talking before, but, you know, they've gone through four coaches since. They've won only 42% of their games. And, uh, you know, they haven't been the same uh, as, as a football team since Lovey's been gone. Of course, Lovey has struggled, too. Uh, with, with his teams, with the Bucks, University of Illinois, and now the Texans. But, you know, this was a case clearly where they were better together and they haven't been as good apart. Dan, we'll, we'll let you go just quickly on the way out. Um, you obviously are presenting players to the Hall of Fame. You vote on the Hall of Fame. We know the Bears have Devin Hester and Olin Krutz, Peanut Tillman and Lance Briggs. Um, does, does, is Hester the first one in that group, and does he get in? Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, Hester came close last year, Molly, and uh, I think he probably is going to have a good chance of 
getting in in the next couple of years, if not this year, soon after. I think the only thing that's held him back up to this point, well, a couple things. First of all, it was his first year last year, and I think sometimes voters are hesitant to put players in in their first year. And the second thing is, you know, he's a special teams player, and um, that, that has been a hurdle for the Hall of Fame. There's, you know, so very few players who Let's were lose that hurdle. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Maybe he'll even get a long snapper in, right? Uh, but, you know, there, there's I know never, a guy. There's no. never, <laughs> there has never been a player like Devin Hester who is inducted strictly for his ability as a return man. Uh, you know, obviously we, we've, had, uh, we've had kickers and we've had a punter, uh, very few of those. But I think, uh, I think times are changing, you know. I think there's going to be some more kickers going in in the future, and, and hopefully there'll be some other special teams players as well. Great, Dan. Thank you, buddy. Great catching up. Appreciate that. That is uh, great information from our guy, Dan Pompey. And, uh, gentlemen, we're running out of time. we got to get uh, to the Cubs. What, uh, who did you pick? Uh, let's start with you, Pat. I've got the Bears winning this one. They're going to go 2-1 and one and be at the top of the division. I think the, uh, the, uh, this, 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 they're just a better team, I think, right now. And, unfortunately, Lovey doesn't have the firepower behind them, so I've got them winning 24-16. to 16. Yeah, I, I'm in a similar vein there. You know, who knows if they'll be favored again, like Molly referenced. But I'm going to go Bears 23 to 13. I think it's a game where the ball nice. will move a lot, putting it in the end zone. We'll see how frequently that ends up happening. I got them winning by 10. All right, I I took the Bears too, so I guess we've cursed them now. I don't oh, know yeah. how nope. that works. We we'll we'll see. We're telling everyone, please don't listen to us and go the other <laughs> way. Um, we should let you know that the. Uh, the postgame show brought to you by Bet Rivers, the fine folks at Bet, at Bet Rivers. It's uh, a great app. You should have it on your phone. And, of course, uh, uh, introducing the new Zing Zing Bloody Mary cocktail, a canned cocktail with premium vodka already in the can. They're always ready. Perfect for your game day tailgates. Please Zing Zing responsibly. Stay tuned to the score. We will be back right after the game, and we'll have uh, – uh, the post game for you, and Anthony will be on uh, with the post post game. And uh, looking forward to it. Go Bears! Let's hope that they do what you say, Patrick, and get to the top of the division yet again. That would be marvelous. They're, right now, they're technically tied with everyone, but they're bottom by uh, point differential. Who cares about that? Just win, baby. Yep. Uh, all right, that's the pregame show. Thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 